men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thanks so much for joining in, guys. Episode 213 today with Mr. Gary Larson. Now, a lot of people that listen to this are more into AFL. There's also quite a few that listen to that are into NRL. Now, if you're into NRL, you definitely know of Gary. Gary played 250 league games. He played 24 games for Queensland, played nine games for Australia, had a really awesome career. More importantly, he's a country lad from central Queensland, uh, from uh, the area of Miriamvale. Um, certainly got long, uh, strong roots to this part of the world and uh, is very well regarded. The local football stadium here is named after him and he's very well respected and does lots for the community around here. So we're going to talk to him about his life growing up in the bush, uh, his elite career, some of the challenges that he's faced, uh, that he did face throughout his career. He's also had um, uh, quite a a lengthy illness uh, recently, which he's overcome, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, some of the challenges he saw with regards to players' mental health in the game while he was uh, while he was in it and also out of it. So uh, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this chat. I uh, just want to uh, hopefully be able to get you to have a look at the Outback Mind Foundation website if you can. Uh, we've got some good events coming up and also um, some good things happening in the future. So we want to try and spread uh, what we do throughout regional Australia more and more. Uh, if you'd like to help us out, I'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to make a donation, um, just jump on outbackmind.org.au. If you'd like to partner with us, if you have a business, um, we'd be able to uh, do some preventative work with regards to men's mental health in your workplace. We'd really be keen to have a chat. Just email me at support.outbackmind.org.au. I uh, really appreciate your feedback with this chat uh, with Gary and I as well. G'day, Gary. Hey, Aaron, how are you? Oh, good, mate. Good, uh, good to uh, speak to you, mate. I've um, I've been curious. Where's the uh, the the sort of croaky voice come from? Did that come from a hit in the gullet playing footy, or? Yeah, yeah, Aaron. It's uh, it's um, it's it's a, it's a footy injury. So yeah, I got a, I got a hit in my in my throat. Yep. Yep. Um, gee, early in the career. Uh, it was about 1991. Yeah. 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 But I don't have too many of those. That's good. You think I'd have more issues with it, but I yeah, I get it checked out every twelve months just to make sure everything's okay. It's working alright, mate. Yeah, I think it's pretty common. A lot of the 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 league blokes um uh that I've observed over the years do sort of have that issue, maybe from getting a whack around the you know the the next sort of thing, and um yeah, it's probably uh, probably reasonably common. Yeah, it's just one of those, one of those common, not, not a common injury, but it's just one of those things that can happen where you put your head in the wrong spot or yeah, that's someone, is, someone is protecting themselves and they, they yeah, yeah you, you, you cop it. 
Yeah, mate. Uh, see, you, mate. Life goes on. Life that's goes it. On. Yeah, you're managing it. That's amazing, mate. So I'm, I'm really keen to sort of hear about uh, your your journey uh, as a young fella being brought up here in, in central Queensland and sort of coming through the ranks. What was it like for you, Randy, as a young fella? Yeah, well, I, so I'm, I'm a Miriam Vale born and bred. I um, yeah, went to Miriam Vale Primary School up to year 10. Uh, yeah, we, uh, what, what a life, you know, we, we've been just a, I spend weekends on you know, mates' places and riding over to their places on if it wasn't riding on a horse, we were riding on bikes, mucking around the creeks, the Battle Creek, you know, which was on my mum and dad's property, and uh, air rifles, we were dangerous for the air rifles, and <laughs> 22s, and <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, like going for uh, holidays down to Agnes Waters, yep. 1770, yep. uh, every school holiday. Um, they had to pick up the old Viscount van and yeah, we, we'd be down there staying at 1770 Caravan Park or, or in the old shacks of Agnes Waters where the current Agnes Waters Caravan Park is. There used to be a lot of old shacks along that beach front. Mm. It was amazing. Yeah, good, good, little good uh, childhood. You know, Mum and Dad were cattle farmers, tobacco farmers. When the season was over, yeah, we just used to pack up and go on holidays down there. Yeah, mate. I'll be magnificent yes. down there now. Like, like, you know, back then it was obviously a dirt road all the way in. It's uh, certainly changed yeah. a lot these days, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, there was quite a few cars on the side of the road with holes in the petrol tanks. And, <laughs> you know, if, you know the, 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 the centre of the dirt road, had, you know, the rail in the middle of the road <laughs> <laughs> dragged the death off cars and, yeah. Certainly different times. Yeah, mate, for sure. Geez, I tell you what, um, um, you uh, oh, just thinking about all that, like you actually being uh, uh, a decent rugby player, I wouldn't have thought you would have liked to have left the area after all that, um, you know, that good stuff happening in the childhood. Was it difficult for you to, um, to to walk away from the area and sort of go to Sydney to play? Um, yes and no. I mean, was it? Used to carpool with other other kids from Marineville to um, to uh, play for Wallabies Football Club up in Gladstone, mm-hmm. and um, every Saturday, maybe once once a week, we go to uh, training during the week, and then Saturday mornings we play junior footy up in Gladstone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, footy footy was I was a, I, I think I'm, when I was a young fellow I played in the backs, so I was, had a bit of speed about me. And, I like my athletics, so um, you know, I, I trained a fair bit. If I wasn't, <laughs> if I wasn't running to the school bus. I was riding the bike to the school bus. <laughs> I was, you know, as a young fellow and a teenager, I had quite a good ethic as far as training goes. Yeah, and um, that helped me out a fair bit. And um, yeah, it was was it hard leaving home to go to Sydney? Uh, Yes, it was 
in his uh, uh, just uh, the, the unknown, what to what to expect. Mm. Um, up here in Gladstone, I was sort of like a, a big fish in a little pond. <laughs> when you get down to Sydney, you're a little fish in a big pond. Mm. And you thought you were pretty good, but then you joined in the professional ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, look, it, 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 the hardest thing was uh, adjusting to the Sydney lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, in a small been, country town. Yeah, it would have been mayhem back then, I would have thought. Oh, yeah, like, uh, I, I, I couldn't leave. The, I, I billeted with people uh, when I first met there. Um, I know it was good because you, you, know, you got home cooked meals after part-time working and I worked as a fitness instructor. I worked, uh, initially I worked in the, in the North Sydney League cellars as just, just as a labourer, a mm. cellarman. Mm. Then I decided to get my fitness instructor certificate and did that for about eight, ten years. And, um, but yeah, at, at first it was really hard to settle in the area. Um, yeah. I really hadn't spent much time in the big Big smoke. Mm. <laughs> How old were you, mate, yeah. when you when you went I, down? I was twenty. Yeah. Um, yeah, just turned twenty. And uh, as I said, yeah, Gladstone, Marin Valley, there were big fish up here, down there. Wow. Traffic, peak air traffic. Just 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 getting from A to B. Mm. <laughs> it was a struggle, but I, I got used to it. Um, a lot of people don't get used to it. Mm. Um, yeah. Did you get homesick? Did you did you think about coming oh, back? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, see, the thing I, I should say too, before I even went went to Sydney, I, I had a I had a dicky knee, I had a bad knee, and I hurt my knee up here playing in the Gladstone Club game in eighty six, nineteen eighty six, mm. and we were playing against a team called the Billowill Lions. I was playing a team called the Queen, sorry QAS. The Red Devils, and they're no longer a team in Gladstone, but they were the uh, Urella Sports Club. The Urella Sports Club, was, they, they had a team. Yep. They, they used to be called the QISC Club. So that's that's the current Urella Sports Club over in Barney Point in Gladstone. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah I, I played with them for a season, and before I went to Sydney, and I hurt. They actually did my ACL ligament. Um, I didn't realise I'd done my ACL. Physios uh, just told me, oh, you just you didn't have scanning machines up here in Glastonbury. They just diagnosed it as sort of like a badly, could, it could be um, cartilage or it could be a badly corked knee. Mm-hmm. So I just got it right and kept going back to training and kept collapsing in a heap of training mm. at the QISD. I'd already signed a contract with North Sydney Bears. Um, and I phoned them up and said, look, there's something wrong with me. I don't know what's going on. It's keep collapsing. They said, well, get yourself down to Sydney. And so September 86, when uh, they transferred, it's sort of like uh, I transferred down there and uh, they fixed my knee up. And yeah, the rest is history. Usually, was wearing a blue knee guard all the time. Mm, yeah. It come good. Yeah, I was trying to take care of. 
Yeah, geez, mate, that's that's amazing, isn't it? Like you know, these days you would have been on an operating table real quick and um, and no mucking about. But back then it was yeah. probably a different uh, different story. Yeah, well, I spent all of the '86 off season. You know, uh, '87 it was '87 Eastern before I got back on the field to to actually play. And um, yeah, so it, it, yeah, it's one of those. A bit of adversity, getting used to the big smoke and having to deal, you know, I didn't really want to let anyone down. That, that was my mindset. I was going all the way down there. They fixed my knee up. They did the right thing by me, so I was wanted to do the right thing by the club. We lost any bees, uh, lost any bears, and repay their faith in me. So, yeah. Yeah. Got stuck into doing all the hard work to get, get it better. Yeah, mate, amazing, and and you know, for to have that self discipline as a young fella, um, you know, a lot of young blokes would have, uh, you know, got caught up in the in the nightlife and all that sort of stuff. But it sounds like you were pretty disciplined from an early age to be able to sort of, you know, yeah, get yeah, I, I, that 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 I think really helped me. I'm pretty sure it did. I was, like I said, I was big into athletics when I was twelve, thirteen, whatever. I had a, had a coach at, at school. And I, I just love running and training, and and, and um, yeah, it was um, once I found out a little bit more science about the knee and how to how to get it better, and physios were telling me and doing what they wanted me to do to recover. You know, I just did that, put my head down, and, and got it done, and got it strong, got it, got the mobility back in it. And, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a tough time, but um, we got it done. Yeah, good on you, mate. And it's interesting, um, you, you know, it wasn't too long before you started to get a game in the first, is that right? And you yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah, it was, wasn't, wasn't too far. I spent the first year in 87 in under 23s. Back then, they had under 23s reserve grade and A grade. And you, uh, if the coach wanted you to sit on the bench for the next grade, you jumped at the opportunity. So, yeah, yeah you know, it, 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 that, and that, that's how you, know, you put in the hard work of training and um, the playing field, and the coach would pull you up at half time and say, mate, I want you to sit on the bench for me. Or the, say the reserve grade game or, or the A grade game. So, mm. Yeah, mm. some days you could be sitting on the bench. All day, waiting yeah. for that chance, and when you got that chance, well, you got to you know, rip in and have a go, or you got to make your mark. Mm. How long? Yeah, I think in eight, about eighty-eight. I think I was. I had taste of the first sort of full A grade game. Yeah, yeah, and you were pretty consistent from there on in. Like you, you, you basically sort of started to uh, get some results as a player and started to get some recognition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, about no, uh, 89 was my first full year of A-grade with uh, the, the North City Bears. I, um, I played, well, I was a centre. I was a centre three-quarter uh, in all the juniors and uh, I only played in the centres. But when I got to the Bears, I slowed down a bit because of my knee and my agility had, had uh, lessened because of I was very cautious on the knee. Only told to run straight. <laughs> mm. So, uh, 
like kind of, you know, I was whacking a few boys at training this particular afternoon, and Frank Stan happened to be the coach, and he said, at last, so stop whacking my A-graders. You'll be in the A-grade this weekend. Um, <laughs> you're starting in the A-grade. And, uh, he put me in the back row, second row. And, uh, yeah, that's where, that's where it all started. So. Mm, amazing, mate. Tell me... Um Really, really interesting. We we could definitely talk about like you know the the career and all that sort of you know in in detail and in depth. But in those early years, who were the probably the the, the biggest mentors for you as far as a player, uh, being a player was concerned? Yeah, well, Dad's was a pretty big influence. I was is a is a friend of Dad's who rang him up, and, and I, I can remember it to, to this day. Brother and I were sitting in the lounge watching, uh, watching TV one night. And, you know, we were only seven, seven and eight years old. Seven, six and seven. Brother would have been six and I would have been seven or so. Or maybe. And then uh, Dad said, oh, do you boys want to play footy? Because <laughs> <laughs> his mate, uh, another old football uh, mate, his, uh, his son was playing for Wallabies under eight. So, and that's how it all started. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, like, uh, there's, um, oh, what's the word? It's um, uh, it, just, from, from a very early age, Dad was always there. You know? mm-hmm. uh, whether it be playing with him in the yard, chipping, chasing over him, you know, tackling us, and then, Brother and I sort of like pushed a little bit, pushed each other a little bit because we were always out in the yard kicking and playing footy. Dad and Mum, my mainly Dad, uh, but, you know, earlier figures, you uh, always sort of like went into, his dad was associated with Marionvale Football Club, so we were always in there on training nights and there was a couple of uh, guys running around the paddock that you looked up to and said, yeah, you know, is that they play A grade for Marionvale? Mm-hmm. So, as far as me, Dad was a big uh, influence on, on everything we did, really. Mm-hmm. Always, always confided in Dad. Mm-hmm. We wanted to mm-hmm. you know, uh, find out something. Mm-hmm. Real salt of the earth man, mate, I think. Uh, you know, definitely, um, you know, uh, one of those guys that uh, was pretty genuine and loyal and, uh, and really committed to his family and his kids. It's interesting. Yeah, though, yeah. Did 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 your brother make it as a player? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Chris was a pretty handy footy player too. You know, he worked his way up. Played for Cappers, who are the other you know, state in the state league. He had a season or two with them you know, on the other side. Uh, he played Queensland Country in '95, actually, for rugby league, Queensland Country. Uh, but yeah, he was he had a bit more larrikin in him. He liked to party a bit too, so um, yeah, uh, he probably just didn't have the discipline, I suppose. Yeah. Go the next step. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> pardon me, mate. And uh, yeah, it's 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 quite uh, quite interesting that you know you you sort of like were were really disciplined, and um, you know yeah, it's easy to get sucked into the. <clears throat> 
you know, the partying and the boozing and that sort of stuff. But at the same time, like, oh, I've, I've got quite a few mates that were like that in the AFL scene and they were very talented, yeah. but they didn't have the discipline. And the ones that were disciplined uh, were the ones that made it, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You think of what drives you, you know, to, to be successful. Mm. You know, I've always wanted to play in the best competition in the world, mm. you know. That's the world it was then the New South Wales League League competition. Mm. So I always used to be watching footy on Sunday afternoon, Brisbane footy on, on Brisbane Rugby League on ABC uh, Sunday nights. Or, or when we got a little bit older, we used to get the coverage of the New South Wales footy on ABC on Sunday afternoon. I don't watch any sport really, but I've always always wanted to be uh, good, at, good at what I did. Mm. So I did, I played pretty well, you know, and I loved it, I wanted to be good at it. Mm. Mate, um, as far as uh, like being in amongst that sort of competition, obviously uh, that that was the best in Australia, obviously it's a, sta- it's a national thing now, but um, who were some of the, the better players that you played with and against back then when you were really in amongst it? Um, so about, yeah, I, I really started hit my straps around about 91, all through the 90s, I suppose. Um, uh, look, we, I, I saw, like, learned my trade of a couple of old hardheads at North recruited in the early 90s. Uh, uh, a guy by the name of Pat Jarvis, Pat come across from St. George, he was a St. George legend at the uh, Brewster's. But he was, a, he, was a, he was a known hard man, and, uh, and Mario Finney. I, I really looked up to those two guys because they they were tough old heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're probably paying for it a little bit in their health, but uh, yeah, that just just real humble gentlemen. They just called salt of the earth people and mm. just got on, did their training, did their job on the field and, uh, and um, yeah, did all the hard work to gain the reward. Mm, yeah, well, that's... That, that's Good old wives. Yeah, that's the lesson in itself, isn't it? You know, it is, that's the lesson. Yeah. It, is, it is the lesson. Yep. The hard work and the rewards will come. Yeah, that's, my that's, word. It's interesting... Modern society now, Gary, you'd probably see it in the workplace a lot, like a lot of young fellas just want results real quick and don't bloody put the work <laughs> in. <laughs> my God, yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's in everything, really. It, it really is in everything. It's just one of those good old values that's fading away. Mm. Um, yeah. But whether they haven't been mentored like that, you know, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a real, uh, it's a value that's it's just um, not in abundance or in the place anymore. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, uh, look, it's it's very hard because, you know, young blokes these days, they're, they've been influenced a lot more, you know, differently than what you and I were primarily. You know, they weren't out, uh, you know, digging worms to go fishing or they, they you know, they're not out doing that sort of stuff. They're, they're basically yeah. just got their, their eyes on a screen consistently and what that does, it actually agitates your mind. And when your mind's agitated, your bloody you just can't concentrate and you can't put the work in at the end of the day. Yeah, 
it's funny how you know, we, we learned out of encyclopedia books. Mm. If you want to research something, you have to kind of look at a dictionary or an encyclopedia. Yeah. But now it's just all at the touch of a button, isn't it? And yeah, it is. It's a, it's a different it's a different society. Most different. Yeah, mate. What happened was uh, those guys that were selling those encyclopedias would have made a fortune back in the day, but um, uh, they were yeah. good. If you wanted to know something, you'd jump in there and have a look. Yeah. Yeah, we cut most of ours up and we used the pictures of pro- projects. <laughs> Mum wasn't too happy when he cut the encyclopedias up. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. No, same with me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know where they are now, but they were very pretty yeah. valuable back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where But anyway, that's that. So, nice it's interesting, mate. So what was it like for you when you actually got a, a crack at playing for Queensland with a heap of different blokes you probably may, may not have known or, um, uh, you know, uh, may have probably had some conflict with previously, uh, which you played against? Yeah, yeah, that's sort of now, well, going back to your, your, your question about who, who, who some of the players have played with you know, what, uh, against, you know, in, in the 90s, we, 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 in the 90s, Wally Lewis, at the end of his career, and I was sort of like starting out my rep career. Mm. I didn't, you know, Wally Lewis, you know, I watched Wally Lewis from Melbourne and go, yeah. Mm. Martin Bella, mm. Peter Jackson, mm. Gary Belcher, as far as Dale Shearer at level, this is where I walk into. And I was in awe of all these blokes because I grew up watching these guys play Brisbane competitions when I was playing. And it took a little bit to get used to. Um, even at club level, you know, it was hard going from being a country lad into playing. It took time to find your feet in that, that the, the New South Wales Rugby League competition. It was, it was a fast-paced, a much faster-paced game than the Gladstone Club game. Mm-hmm. So, oh. uh, it's like, step up to origin, well... It, it, it's even faster again. Uh, it, it, it was, yeah, you know, and actually Graham Lowe, he was 91 coach in the Origin series, and it was Wally's last series and my first series in 91. So as a back row, I was sort of playing outside of Wally. I just didn't know what he wanted to do, and it really frustrated me. Mm. And uh, Wally just did what Wally wanted to do. <laughs> Half the time you couldn't hear him because the crowd was so loud. And that, that, that being the first Origin series, I experienced that Origin beast. And it, it, it was so hard to, uh, to fit into what, what uh, the, they wanted you to do because you were new and you weren't, whereas all these players had played together in Queensland the previous couple of years. They knew what each other was doing. Mm. So yeah, you had to. Yeah, you had to. You had to be on the ball because <laughs> yeah, you left behind. Otherwise, so I was just lucky and all. Like, you know, I just tackled, tackled myself to standstill, and, and when I got the ball, I got the ball and ran hard. But mm. yeah, it, it was a different. I got. You know, 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so I suppose it's with the origin it is that it's, it's, it's a different beast, and um, it took me a while to settle into that um, family. It is. It, that's what it is. It's a family, and then uh, the sooner you settled into or brought into the, the processes and what happened in origin around some of the more experienced players and and uh, and, yeah, and I became one of those experienced players. Um, you, you, yeah, it was, like I said, it was a lot harder to get into the side than get out of the side. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would have had played a pretty bad series to get dropped, yeah. Mm, that always... Um like rely on you to come back the next year sort of thing and you do you played 25 games it was only like three games a year so that's um that's a lot of a lot of rugby over uh you know quite a quite a uh, probably a decade or so yeah yeah like you know i said from from 91 1991 to 1998 you know i played in consecutive series mm. so it's um yeah i enjoyed every moment of it every bit of it mate met some great people still have some great mates through mm. it all um, yeah, just, yeah, just I think it was at the ripe old age of about thirty, and I just I just couldn't do it anymore. Just just trying to back up for club land mm. after an Origin game was just yeah, the old me just <laughs> couldn't play. Mm. Uh, you know, like two intense games in a, in a week, and only could play one game. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, just yeah, I just where I was just where yeah. Wearing myself out. Yeah. Hard work, mate. I tell you, um, you know, like for you to be able to to you know be consistent like that is you know pretty pretty incredible. You, you compare it to AFL, like geez, a few guys would play uh, in the state of origin there. You know, maybe four or five times, and that'd be it. That's not like a consistent thing over you know a decade like yourself, and um, or near a decade like yourself, but. Um, but yeah, geez, I tell you, uh, like not coming from rugby country, but actually watching a game, it was ferocious, and uh, there was lots of punch ups which um, kept you glued to the uh, the screen. Was that um, like part of the, I suppose the the era that you went through? Did you have much, um, yeah, with regards to yeah the other 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 state? Yeah, look, I, I think the, the the rules are a little bit different in the game today compared to what they were uh, when I played. Uh, as and, and players previous to to when I played in the era that I played, I should say, um, yeah, the um, I suppose the the, the aggressiveness is, is is toned down a bit. Uh, I wouldn't say toned down, but there are still as the the great you know one on one tackles. That, you know, that that have a bit of oomph, a bit of aggression in them, and yeah, now like I said, it's it's all focused on um, keeping the the kids playing the game and the mums mums being happy enough to what they see on the big big screen that there's no no, no uh, uh, being over aggressive and mm-hmm. you know no, no bad tackles or. or you know, all punch ups, but uh, I, I didn't waste my energy punching people or <laughs> creating fights. It just you didn't want to have you know that that on you know someone chasing you around the paddock all game trying to knock your block off. Mm. Uh, I'd rather just uh, yeah. you know spend my energy somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, run, run away from the thugs. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, mate. Um... It, was, it, was, it was more of a case of arguing. Like, if you want to waste your energy uh, fighting and carrying on, and yeah, some people were put off by that. You know, once once they got into those little uh, fights or disagreements, it's uh, you could see some people were just put off their game, mm. and that that was an intimidation thing by a lot of a lot of. Uh, um, what you call them, um, hitmen or no, you know, or they just try and take people uh, out of the game and uh, or intimidate them or, or, or just uh, distract them in that way by being niggly. Yes, yep. As yep. a ploy. Pains in Still the ass, mate, that you really would like to whack, but, um, you know, uh, same, yeah. as, same as in AFL, like you just get, like, taggers, which would give you the shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you get, get blokes just trying to put you off your game. Yeah. And that's what it all. That's that's they're just sometimes just in the team just to yeah just to be bullies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's uh, not a great way to be. You just want to rely on your talent and uh, and get the job done at the end of the day. You know. Yeah. As I said, the ref's decision is final. And, and, and the, at the end of the day, if you can't uh, cop it, you know, well. Maybe you shouldn't be picked in the team. Just get on with playing the game. Yeah, yeah agree. Tell me, mate, what was it like to to play for Australia against other countries? Yeah, uh, again, another great accolade, and uh, I yeah enjoyed every every moment of it. It's such in, in when 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 I'm selected for something like that or, or anything, I I'm always representing the family. So mm. I never forget where where I come from and. And uh, yeah, it's just very emotional running out with with either a Queensland jersey on or an Australian jersey. Um, mm. You always your biggest critics are your family, <laughs> mm. so you know, that's who I was representing, and, uh, and 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 the people where I come from, they're they're, they're your biggest critics. So mm. uh, every time you go home for a holiday. <laughs> I didn't want people in my face saying, hey, you should have done this last night, you should have done that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's, I knew they were always be watching, so yeah, I didn't want to let anyone down. Yeah, mate. Oh, congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah. You know, it would, would have been amazing. You would have got, so you played against like England and France and countries yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, oh, I think I only made nine, nine test appearances. And, um, uh, yeah. Papua New Guinea, New Zealand, uh, played against the rest of the world, but they were only mainly Australian-based players mm. that were playing in Australia, also, you know, from the west, rest of the world. Mm. Um, yeah, England, um, South, uh, Fiji, yeah. There's a couple of countries I didn't play against, but they were sort of like the, more the, like South Africa and... Um, uh, Wales and they, they, yeah, there are a few countries. But yeah, yeah uh, I, had, I had a good time. Uh, I uh, enjoyed every minute of that too. It was yeah, great. Yeah, mate. Jeez, yeah, amazing to be able to to do to do that. You know, comparing to AFL again, you you don't really get the chance to do uh, to do that primarily unless it's against Ireland, and that's just a bit of a mockery. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's the same because it is the It's a it's a great spectacle. Uh, you mm. know. You look at an AFL grand final, you know, you, you think, well, why isn't this played around the world? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's a very skillful game also, yeah. 
Was did your parents uh, get to go to some of those uh, representative games that you played in? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mum and Dad, whenever there was a game in Brisbane, um, they came to Sydney uh, every now and then. But uh, uh, they would always fly down to an Origin game or, or, or an Aussie game if mm. I was playing for Australia in Atlantic Park. They would always yeah come down and support. Yeah, that's for mm, sure. Yeah. And- um, Find me the next morning anyway, telling me, yeah. <laughs> telling you what you should have done and all that sort of oh, stuff, yeah. yeah. Just finding out how it was and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah, so. amazing, mate. So um, so what was it like for you uh, when you actually like, left the game? Were you able to transition back into modern life fairly easily or did you, did you struggle with a bit of, um, I suppose, uh, regret or depression or anything like that? Yeah, all, all of the above. I suppose it's a bit of like uh, the same sort of frustrations when I started in Sydney. Mm. So it was nervousness. What am I going to do now? I, I really, I didn't have yeah, really anything to go to. I was hoping that that the the club that I played for had well, it had folded. North Sydney Bears folded in nineteen or well, the end of nineteen ninety nine season. Mm. So they they became the Northern Eagles. They joined with Manly, and I wasn't wanted. So I went to Parramatta in two thousand. Mm. I only had a year at Parramatta. Yes, and then it was all over. I, I retired. And, um, mm. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, it, it was. A, you you miss especially when the Bears went down the gurgler. I think quite a few players, including myself, struggled because we, we thought they'd always be around and that we'd probably be uh, around the club and employed doing something with the club mm. as far as player development or school development or something like that. Mm. But it, did, it didn't eventuate. Uh, yeah, struggled uh, struggled for a little while because you, you think about it, you've... You, you're on a fair wage, you're on a decent wage, and then you're sort of like trying to find a work with the same sort of wage, something that you, you, you'd you be good at. And I probably was living every day for league rather than worrying about what was going to happen after. Mm. And uh, that was my biggest downfall, not having something to go to. Yeah. Uh, whether it be my own business or being qualified in something. Mm. And, um, yeah, I was just playing rugby league and doing, you know, the odd fitness instructor's work here and there. Jeez, yeah. mm. mate, and there wouldn't have been much development uh, to upskill you, uh, you know, when you did leave the game back then, uh, you know, it's different now, but uh, certainly... Um, uh, that uh, that extra you know development to help you as an individual outside the the game um, is, is is improved, but obviously yeah, back then the, it was the, the, the club scene has changed a hell of a lot now since well since two thousand. So I think they've got more emphasis now on players doing something outside of their training and and uh, you know getting them prepared for after footy life. Mm. Yeah, uh, clubs didn't do that uh, with us. They yeah, they just paid us. We turned up to training and did what the coach wanted us to do. And there wasn't much. You know, a, a lot of a lot of blokes work part time. Yep. Too. So, you know, they they some of them 
kept their jobs. Uh, and when they finished playing, you know, they had they had uh, they had uh, work to go to. As in 1995, when the ARL Super League war came around, we all went fully professional, and so it was all 40 40 40, you know. Mm. And, uh, and we weren't doing too much outside of that, apart from spending time with each other's families. Mm. So, yeah, it, it was a, there was a hard time, uh, yeah, probably, probably for about two years, just trying to settle back into normality around family and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Finding out what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So, so, so you you were married uh, then? Was your yeah? yeah, yeah. Is it your, your partner from up here, or was she from uh, yeah, down she's Sydney? Kate, Kate, my wife, she's from down uh, Sydney. She's, yep, um, Sydney girl. Yep. And um, yeah, well, we we married in ninety one, so it's yeah, been together for thirty one years, I suppose. Mm, amazing. Right. Yeah, thirty one. And um, yeah, no, um, and we, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we had our house in Sydney and all that sort of stuff, and we were quite comfortable. And then, you know, um, yeah, like 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 anything, it, it all finishes. And um, we had a couple of decisions to make: whether we stayed in Sydney or, or, or sold up and come back to here, where I was from. Mm. And I wanted to do that because Sydney was just well, um, we we loved where we lived, but um, it was just getting too too hectic. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you, uh, yeah. was it hard to convince Kate to move? Um, yeah, because all of her family are still there. Yeah. And um, I know just some things just, it was just easy for us to, you know, there was a bit of work up this way. So I, uh, we decided to move up this way, yeah. Mm. Your old man would have been happy to have you back. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> You're old, man. Would have been happy to have you back, I reckon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, um, they're, obviously they're retired now, so, but, yeah, we're uh, yeah, just going through a different different chapter of life now. Uh, with, you know, just our, we've got a 12-month-old grandson, and so it's a, it's a different, mm. <laughs> it's different now. Yeah, mate. Yeah, geez, geez I'll tell you, um, you know, you you have one one thing that really strikes me is you've really kept close to your roots, and uh, you know, really appreciated where you were from and where you were brought up, and uh, um, you know, that's um, that's a big part of who you are, and uh, yeah, sure. yeah, like there's a lot of people, uh, you know, from from around the the, the Maryvale area, have, have, have supported me over the years, and I've supported the, the community also. You know, if it was something. They wanted uh, me to attend or whatever, you know, just a mm. bit of, you know, I've sort of tried to do my best to get there, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. fundraising or whatever. But, um, yes. You know, like, yeah, uh, is it, is it, again, you never forget where you come from. That's yeah. it's a big part of me. Yes, um, yeah. Yeah, mate, agree. And uh, we're very lucky to be up, uh, be brought up in regional areas, you know, and, uh, um, yeah, getting back to the simple stuff of, of what you mentioned earlier on is, um, you know, a real lesson for, for both men and but also for, for young fellas that might be listening in just to, just to get back to the basics. And if you want to achieve something in life, the hard work, you know, that, that's evident with, with yourself. You know, if you really want to 
uh, you want to pursue something and get the best out of yourself physically and mentally, you know, put the work in because, um, uh, you know, if you do that, then the results come. And I think we're, we're, we're wanting results too quickly, Gary. We're, we're certainly not chasing, um, we're not chasing the, uh, the journey of the, of the work and what we're actually getting out of that rather than just looking at the end, uh, end prize and focusing on that one, you know. That's right. Yeah, do, do the little stuff in the journey. Don't, don't, no shortcuts. Do, just go along with the journey, do it well, and the rewards will come. Yeah. yeah. It's not, you know, it's, so some, some journeys are sprints, some journeys are marathons. And, uh, but as long as you do well, you know, do, do, give it your best. Yeah. Give that's, it your best. That's that sprint will give it your best in that marathon. That's that's what it all comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, agree, mate. Um, it's interesting. What are you doing now to look after yourself? <laughs> uh, I wish I could run. <laughs> <laughs> the, the joys of uh, you know, being in a, 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 a physical a physical contact sport, I suppose. You know, the old the old knee that I was talking about earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. She, she just uh, it seizes up. It. Yeah, I, I loved running when I was a young fella, and uh, yeah, from about the time I, I, uh, oh, probably, probably about fifteen years ago, I, I've been running for that time because it's just, just like a, a dagger in the knee trying to run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I look it up. You know, I, I do. I, I still do my own little, little uh, circuit training stuff at home. And, Try and do that daily stretches and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Uh, you know, I try to keep the flexibility going. And yeah, it's trying to look after yourself uh, as far as you know, what you eat. I, I, I don't eat anything. I, it, does, it doesn't really worry me. I've got one of those crazy metabolisms. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, I'm similar. Most, most, most footballers get off, you know, overweight and, and when they when they finish playing footy I've, I've gone the other way I've lost weight so yeah. Uh, yeah but anyway no it's but anyway yeah all good yeah, really yeah, I've had a few little health scares with, with prostate uh, cancer and stuff but it's a, that was early early stages mm-hmm. so I got on top of that and I still am on top of that so that that was in 2013, so... Mm, yes. Ten years. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a matter of uh, just keeping your checks, keeping a check on it, you know, doing checks every six months or 12 months, yeah. What were the signs well, that uh, there was something wrong back then? No signs at all. Yeah. Uh, that's really uh, irritated me. I, I couldn't... Um, I didn't. I didn't understand. Well, why, 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 what are the signs? Why, there, there were no signs. The signs were just uh, blood tests. When I went in to do a prostate uh, PSA test, blood test, mm. the doctor just said, "Oh, look, you got you got an abnormal reading here, and uh, your PSA reading was was for my age it was only a small reading. It was only three three percent or something like that. For I was forty six. Mm. Uh, yeah, forty. 45, 46, mm. and um, he just said, for your age, mate, it shouldn't be that reading. It should be a bit lower. Mm. But anyway, um, I had a decision to make whether, 
you know, I went for an autopsy. They found a few dark patches on my prostate, and they said, "Look, this is what you, these are your options. We do this, these treatments, or you can get it out." Mm. Uh, and it was, like I said, it was contained in the prostate. So at the end of the day, um, I had my prostate out. And yeah, it's it's not a it's a biggie, but it's not everything's sort of like uh, you know like running okay yes yeah good mate no pleased to hear it and um it's a big thing with guys uh obviously uh with with regards to that sort of stuff and uh, yeah it is. Like, yeah we, we we tend to uh, some of the talks i've had about prostate we tend in health men's health is we tend to um the saying i tell people is we tend to service service our toys and our cars and our boats more than what we service our own bodies we don't you know we, we, we should be getting more regular checks on everything and um looking after ourselves being good at looking after ourselves for sure yeah. mate you know it's good like to hear that you still do preventative maintenance yeah um, that's it yeah, yeah, yeah. every day you know move the body um stretch the body uh, get get in tune, you know. It's amazing when when you wake up and you feel a bit shit. Like if you can just move your body for a period of time, how you sort of get back to balance again? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that, that's dead right. Yeah, that's yeah. Dead right. yeah. See, I, I was brought up in the in the in the other end of the scale, Gary, like from a country town, and you know, you you ate your bloody breakfast and you went to school and. You know, you went through life not exercising, but for a big part of my life now is to get up and, and really move and um, start to get uh, things working like they should. And I think what that actually does is it just sort of flushes your system out and then things start to work better. And if you don't do that, then the chance of disease is um, probably more and more uh, relevant. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, dead right. You know, yeah, I, I, I do feel it. Uh, Night shift because you, you know, you're not you're not supposed to do night shift. If you you're born to do night shift, you'd have a you'd have a, a lamp <laughs> forehead, you know. So yeah. it, uh, but it it, take, it does take it out of you. But you've got to learn to manage it. Mm. And, um, learn to manage it well and be you. you know, if you if you if you skip on say uh, two or three hours of sleep when you're on night shift, well, you know. Well, oh yeah, during the day, well, yeah, it can, it can hurt you at work that night, you know, so. For sure. Yeah, get into yeah. that routine, I think, is really important, you know, for, for, yes. for most guys. And if you are if you are doing a, a shift work, we'll just being able to sort of stick to some form of routine, I think, uh, is really important. Um, but, yeah, certainly uh, that's one thing that um, guys lack a lot these days is self-discipline and, you um, you know, having some self-discipline is probably your, uh, your your real your real anchor and your real strength at the end of the day. And to be able to just like do something gradually and then start to build it up, I think, is 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 a is a big lesson because you know a lot of us want the results quickly, as we discussed. But you just got to start to do the work on yourself, um, you know, slowly and then start to uh, you know increase it. And I think then the results will come. Yeah, that's right, mate. Yeah, it's so. Um... It's just about looking after yourself, and um, I yeah I do, and I still just still get throat checks, get PSA checked every six months. Even though the doctor looks at me and says, "What are you doing?" I says, "Well, I don't, I don't I don't want something uh, like cancer, you know, spreading yeah. through my body. So I want I want to get on top of it quickly yes. and early. Yes. If 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 I do have 
uh, a, a relapse of it all. So, um, mm. yeah. Yep. Good so on you, mate. Yeah. Good on you, and, and bloody, bloody good to hear. And, uh, um, geez, mate, um, you're not quite, how old are you now? 57? Uh, 55. 55, yeah. unreal. So you've still got 10 years before you get a pension. Or, uh, <laughs> well, actually, probably, probably 15 years, I reckon, yeah. by then. Yeah. I just don't know when the pull-up stumps was work. That's the thing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoy the camaraderie and the, and uh, at work. And, again, it's just like when I, when I finish playing footy, you have that great camaraderie. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, when's enough enough? Yes. Uh, I just had a, a good friend at work. Well, not a good friend, but a, uh, a, a guy from another crew. Uh, had his 60th birthday, uh, he's still working, mm. had, he, had his 60th birthday on the 1st of November, and just last week he, he had a massive heart attack, and, you know, where, 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 where do you draw the line with working, mm, how long yeah. work? Yeah, Saying that, you know, um, the, the gentleman in question, he, he, he had a, you know, he was a bit under the pump at home and had a bit of stress, and, yeah, just had a massive heart attack and died. Mm. <laughs> we... We just, we, nearly everyone at work, wow, big wake-up call, big wake-up call. Yep, yep, Um, bloody oath. Yeah, looking after themselves, their health, mental health and physical health. Yes. It's hard to do, it's a a hard discipline to do, as I said. Yeah, it's something we weren't taught at school, that's for sure, but we were taught to stress, you know, and and being able to disconnect from stress is really important. You know, a lot of guys uh, in leadership roles or in an environment where you have got a a responsibility, you take that to bed with you, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's correct, yeah. 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 And your body body responds to that more and more as you get older, you know. Yeah, the more um, ways you know how to handle it. Um, Through... Conversations, yeah, three conversations, and that's how I handled my prostate. Okay, uh, mm. you, when your doctor tells you you've got prostate cancers, because I was in the, I was in the, uh, uh, his office, just me and him one on one. My wife wasn't with me, and I don't reckon if I had had my wife with me, it was sort of like would have been, and you know, I sort of like went blank. Like, mm. You're kidding, aren't you? Um, I didn't realise, I didn't think I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd get it. Mm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, through more conversations, you know how to deal with it, know what preparation, what what uh, therapies to go through and what, yeah. So you're just talking, talking and keeping yourself busy. It, 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 it's just like it's a big distraction. Yeah, really important. And, and, and you're right, mate. And it's the same as with, yeah, camaraderie and all that sort of stuff too. You know, that's important as well. And just having those conversations with people, you know, there yeah. are a lot harder conversations, but you also need to have the hard conversations when, um, when they're needed. And if someone's struggling, you know, above the shoulders with their mental health, you know, being able to open up and talk about that is really important too. And um, it's something that we don't do as guys uh, very well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, ask. Yeah, just we know we can keep an eye on mate, so we know how he's reacting and, and and sort of like try and yeah react to it and yeah have a word with him. That's it. That's it it's important, mate. It would have changed a lot from where it was when you were a young fella and when you were playing footy. You know that sort of stuff wasn't around, but it certainly. Uh, it is now, and um, you know, yeah. I really uh, encourage uh, anyone that's struggling to reach out and talk to someone. But um, 
it's amazing as guys how we sort of hold pride really, uh, really, really deeply and strongly. When we lose that pride, we uh, we start to get a little bit depressed, and uh, you know it's good to be able to talk about that sort of stuff as it comes up. That's yeah, that's that's right. Um, it's a lot, a lot easier now. Young yeah, young blokes will um, and young people, young people will, will talk about things more than what. Uh, probably my generation and, and older than me would, would talk about, yeah. For sure, um, mate, definitely. Yeah, we're, we're better at it, we're better at it, we can be a lot better at it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my word. No, mate, well, that's what this podcast is all about and that's what the charity that I have is all about, to try and, you know, improve that, particularly in regional areas because it's not... Uh, it's not that common out here, but, uh, you know, I just think, you know, the key things, you know, preventative maintenance and um, being able to, to continually grow as an individual and be grateful for your, your, your past and your experience is really important rather than being stuck there, you know. And, yes, um, yeah. yeah, just keep, keep, keep the journey alive and enjoying life, I think, is really key, mate. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's, for me, for me preventative maintenance. <laughs> I don't know how it it's preventative maintenance. <laughs> and uh, I can, I can, I can I think I'm a pretty good judge of a person. I can see it. You know, if someone's uh, not travelling too well, mm. if I know I'm real well, you know, they, um, yeah, we can, we can have, a, we can have a chat together. Yeah, yeah important stuff, mate. Really appreciate uh, your time, Gary, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people around uh, the Gladstone and Miraval area and all throughout Australia are going to listen to this and. Um, uh, yeah, I'm sure we're going to have uh, more chats in the future and really grateful um, uh, that you're, uh, you know, you're healthy, happy and well and, uh, yeah, mate, um, the best is yet to come, I reckon. Uh, you'll, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Jason around grandkids now, so happy, happy <laughs> as Larry, as they if, say. If yeah. you can help your grandson like your dad helped you, then uh, how uh, how great, uh, you know, is, is he going to be moving forward, you know, and, um yeah, that gift that your father gave you was, uh, you know, intergenerational. So, um, so yeah, you're very, very fortunate. Very, very lucky. Very lucky. No worries, mate. Dave, my pleasure, mate. Been my pleasure to have a chat.